listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Welcome back to another episode of the AntsMarching.org podcast. This is episode 46. We're recording on Sunday night, March 22nd, right? Yeah, Jake, Joe, how are you guys doing today? Very well, thank you very much. Not too bad here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All right, it has been a while. Uh, we kind of uh, fell off the cliff from a fairly regular uh, recording schedule back last summer tour, and hey, we all got to take time off, right? So uh, we hibernate, right? I mean, we're we're DMB animals. We go to the go to the shows. There are no shows going on. We go and hibernate until the shows start back up again. And guess what? We're getting near that time. So spring's coming. Shows are coming. Time to get out. Of hibernation. Yeah, I'm still groggy what do you from mean, hibernation. Wait, what do you mean spring's coming? It was freaking 91 today. <laughs> we don't need to listen to your Florida antics. No, it just makes us whining that much better when it goes when Seattle has a warmer day than Orlando does, like happened last <clears throat> month. It did happen last month. It was 56, and let me tell you, they closed the highways. It was so cold. Did you get a text from me that day? I did get a text from you that day. <laughs> Unfortunately, I could not answer it because my fingers were frozen. <laughs> you, you can't text with gloves on? <laughs> no. I had, I had, this is no lie, I had a sweater, gloves, a scarf, and a gigantic leather jacket, and my old, um, what do you call it, those little uh, hats. That, I don't even remember what you call them anymore because I never wear it. Beanie? But like the, ski, like the ski mask thingy. I had that on oh. too. It was so cold. The the, the was, rob the bank mask, exactly. Yeah, it was it was unbel- it was fifty six degrees. We all know the danger of frostbite at fifty five Fahrenheit. <laughs> I'll tell you, unbelievable. I went out and I started my car early to make sure it would run. It was just dangerous. Well, we have a hope for um, getting a little more regular, such as we did last uh, last summer when the tour gets into full swing. Uh, so with that, that's a great segue here. Tour dates announcements. Now, we're a little late on that. Um, by now, most people listening to this probably will have already familiarized themselves with the dates and probably even made travel plans. But, um, you know, why don't uh, Jake fill us in, give us an overview of uh, what the uh, summer 2015 Dave Matthews Band two sets tour looks like. Well, I think the headline for everybody um, is that Alpine is back. Um, you know, Alpine, of course, is a beloved uh, tour stop for DMB fans and uh, in 2014, they did not play there. They played uh, in Chicago at that new venue. Uh, I think that uh, overall fans are much happier to have Alpine return, um, sort of one of those Mecca-like places to see DMB. So glad to see that they're back there. Uh, the South is well represented, um, including uh, playing in the city of my alma mater, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for the first time since uh, 1994. So that's kind of interesting. That uh, way back in the day, for those that didn't know, DMB used to do kind of like a Southern college tour. And they used to play all the big places, go through like Clemson and Georgia and, and over to Alabama. And they actually played probably six or seven uh, shows in Tuscaloosa. So it's nice to see them coming back there. And there's actually a, a nice little uh, amphitheater there. It holds about 15,000, 16,000 people. So it should be a, a fun show. But it's nice that the um, at the South, the Deep South, where kind of DMB got their start, really started building all their fans that it's uh, that they've returned there. I mean, what's kind of interesting, I don't know, maybe trying to think back, for, you know, back in the 2000s, uh, early 2000s, um, 
D&B always started their summer tours in like the Midwest. It was like Columbus or St. Louis or it always seemed to be like the Midwest, which thinking about it, I mean, starting in the Deep South in early May or mid-May makes a lot of sense because you don't want to go to the, you don't want to go to Texas um, in July. Um, so how did they do that in the past? I'm trying to think. When did they normally hit the, the like Texas um, back when they started in May in the Midwest? You recall? Well, the... Um if I'm going off the top of my head, but I believe the the infamous invasion of the cricket show um, was actually in July in Texas. Jeez. That's where the crickets came on stage and and jumped in. But in '99, they started in Florida. Um, I remember that. That was they they started actually I think in, in West Palm and, and went around and did Orlando and, and Tampa. Um, but they're um, it. I wish they would do that again, to be honest with you, because they moved the uh, the West Palm Beach show back to um, <laughs> to the thirty uh, first to, to to Satan to Satan's thermometer uh, summertime. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually the same date of of the last uh, antsmarching.org party we had in West Palm because it's the thirty first uh, and the first. But if you recall back in twenty ten, it was ridiculously hot back then, and then will most certainly be ridiculously hot again. Yeah. Well, let's see. I think like this is now like the third or fourth year of, of starting in Texas. So definitely a Texas trend now starting the tour there. I, I think and it enables Texas. them to, and I, this is not to denigrate Texas by any means, but I wouldn't exactly call Texas the band's wheelhouse. I'm, certainly the East Coast is, is the band's wheelhouse and then some a couple spots out West. But um I think that enables them to quote unquote get Texas out of the way, and again, that's not supposed to be met in a derogatory way. But it lets them hit Texas and then swing around and go all the way, um, you know, up the East Coast essentially and hit all those spots without them going too far out of their way midstream. I would say. I, you know, that's fair. I mean, it, you know, it, it may, you know, if you're listening from Texas, you might go sons of bitches. But I mean, <laughs> the truth of the matter is that you know, it, it's it's not a large. Uh, fan base for for DMB and and I, I mean I I don't think that DMB necessarily plays warm up shows I mean, you know they they sound check and everything like that before they go out there so that's not fair to say that but I think you can make the case that they do things in Texas and if the stuff doesn't work you're not going to see it the rest of the tour and that's happened in the last couple of years as well where there's songs played early that kind of just fall off the face of the earth. Which is pretty cool. I mean, I, Texas has gotten the last couple of years some songs early in the, like Beach Ball, that were never played yep. the rest of the tour, um, which is pretty cool to pretty cool to see. I remember in two thousand. Uh, I don't ever remember that was really at the towards the beginning of when I started following the band. Um, it was a couple of years before that, but I remember that anticipation for the the two thousand tour. I believe it kicked off in Columbus, like you were saying, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was with all the Lily White Session songs being brand new. Uh, I, to this point, I haven't seen any uh, higher anticipation than that tour, that show right there. But um, I, I think you're exactly right, uh, Joe, the point you made that you get songs that you used to think, oh, this is what we're going to hear this tour, right? It, this is going to be the staples. It's kind of going to be the rotation. And uh, the last few years, they've kind of dropped a few of the songs that came out early. So if you were planning on catching them later, you might be disappointed. I'm excited. Well, I will. Uh, I will be there. Um, hopefully, uh, spreading shot. the word on <laughs> spreading <laughs> spreading the word on what on what to, what we have for this year's tour to come. Um, it shall be interesting. I, I haven't really figured it out yet. I have 
I have a ticket there, um, and the rest is still be to be determined. Got a couple of months to figure that all out. Um, but I'm excited because I guess, well, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? DMB two sets. What, what are we going to get with DMB two sets? Well, I think that's the, uh, that's the big question because I, I think that just the announcement of DMB playing two sets in 2015 was a bit surprising. Uh, I, you know, to be honest, I, I don't know if it worked in 2014. I, I mean, I enjoyed the stuff that I heard acoustically i thought the crowds were pretty good but i mean they kind of played the same songs over and over again and for the quote-unquote hardcore fan which as we've discussed many times in the past probably make up a quarter of the audience you know they heard a lot of stuff a lot of shows that was the same so you gotta kind of wonder if they're really going to do that again how that's going to go over i'm kind of shrugging my shoulders to be honest with you um it's it really didn't, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it was a fine twist on the tour um, and it mixed it up a little bit, but that first set did become completely stale by the end of the tour, um, by before the end of the tour. And I, I think we yeah. were all kind of, we talked about this last year, a little disappointed with the, the lack of variety there. But I, I haven't looked at the numbers. Jake, do you know, it was was there a, a marked difference in unique songs played 2013 versus unique songs played 2014? Oh yeah, there were a lot more in 2013. A lot more the year Without, before. I don't, that, yes, there were there were more there were more unique songs played in 2013 and 2014. I, I don't even have to look at the, and, the sheet to know that. But I think the ba- the head. band the band even you know admits to that. I think they said you know listen, all of our focus is uh, has been on this set one, the acoustic set, and they were spending you know um, you know uh, practice time. Um, working on that as opposed to trying to resurrect, you know, songs that they don't play that that frequently. So I think the nature of the two sets and the nature of the acoustic pretty much dictated you're not going to get as rare stuff. But that's a true. That's a true and fair point. And and I won't I won't hold the band to a standard based strictly on how many unique songs because you're right. Playing some of those songs acoustically was almost like a, a new and unique experience. So <coughs> I I get that, but um. At the same time, for 2015, I'm not surprised that they're sticking with it. Um, and, I mean, at this point, my hopes aren't up that it's going to be a radically different experience. I think you're still going to settle into the same two dozen songs that get rotated through there and be kind of the same situation. But, you know, into. Just, just to jump in, Matt, sorry to, sorry no, to interrupt, do. But we, actually, we actually don't know if it's going to be an acoustic set and, and, and then an electric set, because all they said was two sets. Now in the pat last year in 2014, when they said two sets, they said acoustic and electric. Um, they didn't necessarily say it in that order, but they said acoustic and electric and they haven't said anything uh, in 2015. That be, says that I, now. I think that's going to be the same thing as what does full mean? Two full sets. Well, that was a big debate last year. Yeah, was they used the word "fool" and uh, some of us were upset with upset with the the word "fool." But you know, I'm surprised you said you're you're not surprised by this. I mean, I think um, the last pod that we had, I think I'm on the record as saying uh, two sets was a gimmick. It's the two thing of 2014. It will not be back in 2015. Do you remember what I said? <laughs> No, what do you that's say? That's really what matters as far as what I'm saying right now. Because I would hate <laughs> to have just flown back and said, I'm with you, Joe. 
completely. <laughs> and here I am. Here I am. The very next podcast, even though it's what been six, seven calendar months. Hey, for I'm anybody listening, it's the next episode. I'm like, nope. I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Yeah, I, I saw that coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I am. I was very surprised when they announced the tour dates and they said DMB two sets was back. Um, I was surprised by it, and I'll be honest. I think the jury is still out with it. I know from talking with friends that they have not planned as much, um, you know, tour dates uh, shows because they want to see how this this turns out. They want to see what is two sets going to be in this year, 2015. Is the lovely ladies going to be a presence uh, frequently, not frequently? Um, I think people want something never. different. I, well, yeah, never. <laughs> I think people want something different. Uh, I think, I mean, is, is it going to, if they do the same thing as the end of the world, no. Um, but I think if they do something different, it has the potential to, you know, get people excited and go into more shows. How would you feel about three sets? Well, now, now you're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's you're just saying. Now, now you're talking. It's more about how many breaks the band's taking Let's and not how many up. sets they're playing. Let's mix it up. Yeah, <laughs> D- I do. D- oh. DMB three breaks. <laughs> so exactly, that actually would be two breaks, Joe. Okay, well. True. <laughs> so, what am I without a little healthy dose of speculation? Any, uh, J- Jake? Do you have any feelings on the Alpine waffle, essentially? Going away from it, we were kind of we debated about that last year. What the reasoning could be, the about face. Do you think it was always in the long term plans to come back, or does something change, or do they say, "Oh, that didn't work. We got to go back." What do you think? Uh, well, I think I now I have to say I did not go to Chicago, um, but from the people, the reviews, and everyone I talked to about Chicago, they said you know didn't really like getting down there the view is beautiful but you know it wasn't that great of a place that's just <clears throat> that's just the way that I, I think that that's that the the reaction to alpine is more of a this isn't necessarily what people wanted that's kind of my feeling on it so right. you do think it was a reaction yeah i think you could say that i think that it's fair to say it, it was a reaction to what um what happened well i mean if that's the case then Fans of Alpine and give yourselves a you know a pat on the back. That's always good. You know your the protests were were heard. If that's the case, I mean obviously we're just speculating, but I mean there was a lot of things I, yeah, going but... on there. There was Summerfest last year, which is um, in downtown Milwaukee, and you know just you know not far from Alpine, and obviously it was the new ven- venue in Chicago, Northerly Islands, um, and you know I, I you know my, I've talked to this on past podcasts where you know um, D and D. And other bands of the same management company, Red Light, um, I think, um, sign up for venues as a package. And I think Norley was one of those because um, I think Fish was there and a couple other bands that were there. So I think it was, you know, a, a factor of Summerfest, a factor of, you know, new venue. Um, and then also a factor of, hey, fans want Alpine. It, got, it gets a bigger draw. People want to tailgate. They want to make a experience out of that. And it's just hard to do when it's, in the middle of a city like Chicago. Well, I think one of the cooler um, additions of the uh, tour this year, they've only been there once before in 2013, is um, Harvey's Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah. So being a recent transplant to the West Coast, uh, I've never been to Lake Tahoe, but everybody out here is like, oh, I just went to Tahoe. And they're talking about how gorgeous it is. Everybody out in the West Coast talks about vacationing in Lake Tahoe. 
I would love to go to that show, and uh, maybe I'll I'll see my way to it. But um, that jumps out at me after after three nights at the Gorge, and the Gorge is awesome. And, and Joe will know exactly what I'm talking about. But I get tired just thinking about going to the Gorge for three nights. At this point, I, I am getting older for sure, but it is it, it involved. It is a it is a to do. That's for sure. So the idea of maybe just hitting sniping one show rather than well, let me ask you this: Would you do a gorge-like thing, three nights, if you could not, if it was like the old man version or the pampered version where you stay at a casino hotel or some kind of hotel that's, you know, not driving distance, you could get a, uh, a shuttle or something to it. If you didn't, if you can cut out the camping and cut out all that kind of stuff, is, does that still seem like too much or are you in on that three I'm shows? I'm in. You're in. I'm in. In a, in a heartbeat, my God. Yeah, that was that was no hesitation. So why don't they do that? Because that would be a pretty easy thing to do uh, at a casino, you know, okay. Vegas or... Well, um, are you talking the gorge? You can't be talking the gorge because there's really no uh, lodging, not mass lodging at least. There isn't. There'd, yeah. be, there'd be little tiny, tiny groups. No, they'd have to do it somewhere else. Uh, but And more so just, hey, three nights in a row... Um, but you don't have to do it at the gorge. Even well, though the gorge is beautiful, you could do it somewhere else. Well, I'm with you, Joe. But let's let's take a place that's you can't take a, a like you said Vegas. There's already a hotel within you know the MGM right there. The uh, the arenas in the in the casino, so I can just walk down the ele- you know go down the elevator. So you'd have to think of a place like um, like I've never been to Alpine, but are there would that work? I, I don't know of any outdoor beautiful venues that are still kind of out there, but. Um, but are still close enough, I would say, 30 to 45-minute driving distance um, to make it worth it for people to shuttle. Is, makes, is, me think, makes me think of West Palm, actually. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, you could, you could do that there. You've got hotels, at least. See, that's the big thing, is you have to have space for everybody to stay. That's, that, that's why I was thinking Las Vegas, but Las Vegas really doesn't have a big enough venue. You know, in West Palm, there actually is enough places. Yeah, but to Jake, even, if it's, even if it's Vegas, you have people staying in the hotels. There's no need to shuttle anybody anywhere. Yeah, and right. I, I, I kind of feel like the venue has to have a tailgate scene. Like that's, I think that's unless it's in a non-summer month. Um, I feel like it needs to be an outdoor venue, ability to tailgate, um, but then hotels for people to stay at and not have to camp out if they don't want to. Um, within a shuttle distance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you're yeah. you're really limiting yourself to, to to places. You know, that that's that's the problem. Is I know. You're, you, you really. I mean, you have Vegas and maybe West Palm. I mean, you could do something like that in. in well, you can't do it in New York because you can't tailgate there. So fish goes and does, and I'm not the biggest fish expert by any means. So apologies out there. To those that are, but they go and do these, you know, uh, festival type weekends, kind of like what the, the caravan we did, but it's in the middle of a normal tour. And I think, you know, this year, like other years for fish, they're doing, you know, a three night thing up in a Watkins Glen, New York, where it's a big festival thing. Now, I don't think there's ho- enough hotels there. I don't think that's the right spot, maybe, for, for what we're exactly talking about. But, you know, is that is the gorge still that place for DMB, or should DMB find something new? Well, I think that's always going to be the gorge is always going to be there for DMB. They, they've drawn more fans than anybody there. That's just 
that's just the way it's going to be. I think that they'll always be able to get people to go to the gorge because there's always going to be somebody that's never gone there and say, okay, I'm finally going to go. Would agree with so, that. And, dra- and drag just, uh, 14 people along with them. Exactly. You know, they're, they're always going to be able to get an X amount of people out to the gorge. I think, yeah. I think that's just a given. I wonder why, well, is, I know the gorge is a lot of Seattle people, but it's also a lot from all around the country, but, I would think at this point that they, especially with Dave living here, things like that, that they would they would play it like the Key Arena or something too. Is it just too small of a venue to even consider at this point? Um, I mean, you're out well, here. Put put another night or two on in the in the city. Is Key Arena an indoor or outdoor? It's indoor. Yeah, I think that's the problem. But think about this. You know, how many indoor arenas does the band play? Not a lot during the summertime, right? No. Yeah, they're really not. I mean, they played Jacksonville last year, and, and Jacksonville was fantastic. That I mean, was it was really show, right? a nice event. Or that was the yeah, um, it was the uh, the web stream broadcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stream. I do. <clears throat> I mean, it was it was a nice venue. The acoustics were good. Fifteen thousand people in there it was, you know, it was raining outside. It was you know one hundred and four degrees anyway, so it was perfect. Yeah, I just think, but that was it. Yeah. I mean, how many others did they do? They did that one. That's the only one I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah. They, nope. they just don't do them. That's true. That's true. So that's that's the problem. They're they're an outdoor band, and you know that's 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 the problem with thinking about trying to uh, find a place where you know you could just walk to the venue. You know, you got Vegas, and that's about it, really. Yeah. Yep. Well, the uh, thanks sorry, to uh, sorry to be a downer. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that was my question. I mean, so so um, our good old very own Zach uh, helped Jake out and in, in uh, inputted the the tour into the tour central database. So certainly go on there and um, add them, add the shows that you're going to. That way you can uh, you can collect your stats and all that kind of stuff. And again, when you go to the show, you come back home, or if you're just watching it online, you can use that old nifty show flow thing that we put in last summer to uh, to vote on individual songs. You can get an idea of the flow of the show. Basically, are things rocking? And then sleep the dream her hits and and the bottom drops out, or uh, you know, do they go five six songs in a row that just get super high rating? So. That's really cool. And Agora, you know, go ahead, Jake. I was going to mention the, the most interesting thing, I think, about the uh, show flow that we learned last year, uh, just as, uh, as a whole, is that truly the people that use ants do not like the lovely ladies. I, I think that we could just say that categorically, that they just it just didn't work. Nothing that they did went over well. And you could just look at the show flow and just see the bottom drop out. And even you could even compare it to songs that have high show flow in other years, even like uh, Sledgehammer and um, Burn Down the House, and you could see the numbers are down. And, you know, Which there's is, only three th- things that are different, and it's the lovely ladies. That's weird, you know, but, it, like, if you put that in comparison to the other poll that we had, which was the front page of do you like the lovely ladies at a show, do you want to see them, or, or not – and it was, I think it was like sixty forty, or it was it was definitely in favor of seeing the lovely ladies. But then you go and see show flow, and but people are marking them, marking them lower. So it's yeah. like it was more of a novelty. You wanted them there, but then you weren't really happy with what you got. I guess is that what it's saying? I think that it has to do with the fact that a, a lot of people that are seeing that saw Dave Matthews Band in twenty fourteen did not see them in two thousand one. And if you survived 2001, you remember that tour, 
you're like, I don't ever want to see these ladies again. But if you hadn't seen them, it's like, oh, good, something to knock off my bucket list. You know, it's just like people saying, yeah, you know what? I haven't heard Mother Father, so I wouldn't mind hearing it at a show. I, I also think yeah. um, there's a hive mind mentality, too, that if you're on the forums, uh, you're more likely, or I'll say if you're using Showflow, you're more likely to also be a forum user. Uh, somebody, you know, chats a lot on, in the yeah. forum. And and I think, of, you know, the hive mind rears its head. People get get all kinds of frothed up, talking smack. Hey, listen, we're all guilty of it, right? We, we, we take our shots at the ladies here, you know, obviously. That's our opinion. But uh, I think there's almost a, a, a hive mind mentality where um, show flow numbers really get, uh, what's the word? They get impacted by the general, the, by the by the way the wind blows. There's your, some bias. There's some bias. Yeah, Jake, Jake, your point about people, tip, most people now have not seen the ladies back in 01. I think you're absolutely right. Um, so, but at the same time, they get in a discussion thread where people are talking on this. Oh yeah, these ladies, they suck. You know, even if they don't even know. Oh yeah, I mean that. I think that goes with a lot of songs too. I mean, there's there's songs that people hate on simply for the sake of hating on them. It's it's just ridiculous. And for a while there, last year, all of a sudden, it was cool to not like Gray Street. It's like, okay, look, if you're bagging on Gray Street, it's time to start listening to Spandau Ballet. Okay, it's over. It's just, you know, there, there's the, the only reason that, you know, you wouldn't call that a classic is because it was written in 2000 and not 1993. Okay, you know, it's just, it's crazy. But that's how it gets sometimes. You know, people just get into weird flows about things you know it's still very cool to beat up on big whiskey you know it's very cool to not like anything from big whiskey i still don't understand how people get so morally offended by you and me you and me is like the most harmless song on the face of the earth yet people are just like oh my god that's the worst song no that's not the worst song it's not anywhere close to the worst song i can name 20 songs worse than that haters gonna hate but it's true it's it's (laughs) absolutely true Jake, just shake it off. <laughs> oh, that's as if there was ever an opportunity to add in the segment. That was it. We're going to take a quick break, play a little tune for you, and we will be right back to uh, talk about more stuff. Be right back. Storm comes, shine. 
Okay, welcome so, back to the Ants Marching Gutterg podcast. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, before we move on from the tour news, um, we want to talk about the international dates. And um, we're starting in Abu Dhabi, which is interesting. Um, Jake, fill me in. I don't have my passport on me. <laughs> it's, a, it's an incredibly long drive. <laughs> keep, keep that in mind. Pack, pack lightly. But I got no, a question. So, no, it, so you're saying me. that's not the place that we can have the um, the concert with the shuttle to? <laughs> yeah. That that I don't, do not think will work. But you know what? What's what's um, fascinating is Abu Dhabi is actually a very big vacation spot for Europeans and, and also uh, Asians, people from, from India and the continent, and and yeah, and people that are absolutely loaded so they'll they're actually probably going to do pretty good there i think it's going to be an interesting crowd it's going to be uh sort of a, a big mix of people and and there are fans in the middle east you wouldn't think or like i don't know if that's technically the middle east but in that area the gulf region um there are fans there so i i think that you know they're going to get a, a pretty good crowd and be pretty excited for them Weird stat about that. Um, I looked into going to that show. Um, the ticket prices for that are insane, actually. Uh, when you convert them to uh, U.S. dollars, um, there's like three tiers of seating. Like the first section, which you'd call like, you know, whatever the 100 level of seats at a pavilion, are like, uh, I, want, I can't remember exactly now, but a couple hundred um, U.S. dollars. And then um, the second tier of seats, like the 200, le- 200 level in the pavilion, is a little bit more expensive than a traditional pavilion, probably like 100, 120 or something like that. And then like the general admission is still like another chunk of change. So it's actually do they probably call that, one of the more... Do they call that lawn or is that sand? <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> but that could, this has got to be like one of the more uh, expensive DMV tickets uh, that I can... Yeah. Think of yeah, but but like Matt just said, I mean, it, it's a freaking desert. It, you know, it's it's literally in the middle of nothing. It is sand. It is there, there's nothing. Everything's shipped in. So Probably everything the oil surcharge. <coughs> yeah, so random it's, though. I yeah, mean, to, to start the tour there. So I mean, they're doing much of much of Europe, but adding in that Middle East date to start. And playing a show in Poland, um, which is which is nice because there's actually a lot more Polish fans than you would ever think. So it's nice that they're heading into Poland finally. I know Stefan was all tweeting about that because I guess he's Polish or something like that. Hey. But um, it's uh, that's that's good. I'm glad they're going there. I think they're heading up to uh, to Sweden again. There's always fans in Sweden and, and doing a doing a nice little um, doing a nice little run all around uh, Europe. So that should be good. You know the. Yet, though, right? Uh, now, come on, give me a break. Just Lucky we got those up. <laughs> just checking. Now, have not put those in yet. We're what, fixing what I, to, though. What, what I found interesting about the uh, <laughs> international dates, though, is they are freaking jumping around quickly. They go from, you know, um, Spain to, uh, you know, to the Czech, I guess, or, you know, in, in a couple days. Or they go from uh, Germany to... Um, uh, wherever Italy, and I know it's Europe, and it's not that far. But I mean, you got a whole bunch of equipment. You get you got to cross country borders. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's. I'm just surprised on how much they're jumping around while they're out there, and it's, how short it is between it's, between it's the um, Czech Republic. 
It's it's like driving through Wisconsin. Come on, it's nothing. It's it's no big deal. I would say part of it too is uh, I got to be honest. I mean, the band's got to be excited for it, right? It's a it's a vacation for them. Oh, for oh yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah, what that's what Abu Dhabi's about. If you ask me, I mean, how many how many bands also can say, "Hey, I played in Abu Dhabi." Probably not a lot. I think a lot of bands get paid to come oh, out there. Oh, you, Joe. Don't counter my point like that. I was trying to be just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I, I mean, I was actually just reading this recently that... Um, of course you were. That um, some of the uh, uh, the royal family out there or whatnot or some of the oil uh, executives, they just hire the bands to come out there and play. Um, they just throw the money down, so... Uh, who knows? Maybe that's related, why we're um, there's DMBs going out there. It's hmm. a good reason. Yeah. Well, we we've got four shows under our belt already um, this year. Some international two, too. Two full band, two Dave and Tim, and the full bands. To your point, Joe, first shows ever played in Mexico. But see, but 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 that wasn't the first ever scheduled show in Mexico, was it, Jake? It, it was not actually. They canceled. It, I think it was twice. Is that right, Joe? I know yep. they canceled once because um, Carter's mother uh, passed away, so they had to cancel a show in 1998. So that was actually just a little side note. They actually played. The band actually played an acoustic set um, for the MTV South American show that was filmed in Miami. It was called Aura Prima. Um, and they played a little acoustic show. It's, it's floating around the interwebs, so if you ever uh, get a chance to find it, you might be able to see something uh, on it. It's pretty cool. Um, but then they ended up canceling that, and they canceled one other. I can't remember when it was, though. That was, that was the other international tour they were supposed to do in 2001 um, uh, when September 11th happened, and the single on the radio was When the World Ends, and they were like, um, we're well, going to go ahead. It was banned for a time, wasn't it? Yeah. They, the radio station said with that, along with like some other ridiculous list of other songs, that were not yeah. allowed to be played. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's when I mean, because you know, I mean, the song's not good, but I mean, it's not that bad. <laughs> the song's not nine eleven bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, just a little funny side note, funnier than that joke, um, is I'm looking at Tour Central here at the 2015 Various Tour. It's kind of it's not really a tour. It's just it's what we. We tuck away the random shows into so we can organize them. And uh, it shows the continental, um, well, it shows the United States, but because to the point that we've never had a, a tour in Mexico, the, the the dot representing the geographical location of the show is just in, it's about, a, it's about the thickness of North and South Dakota, south of Texas. It's just a red dot floating out of nowhere. There's no map of Mexico on the side. <laughs> just kind of like, yeah, go to Texas, take a left and drive for about four hours. I'm pretty sure that's racist. What? That's just kind of out there. There's, um, yeah, there's no map. We might have to fix that. They went to Mexico, but yeah, they played a, what a festival in Mexico, um, that um, it ended up being real late um, East Coast time for those trying to f- follow it online because I think it was they didn't hit the stage until nine thirty Central Standard Time. So um, is that eleven on the East Coast or ten? Um, no, it was later than that because they don't have uh, daylight savings. Right. So it pushed it back another hour. They got on at like twelve thirty or something Oof, like that. Uh, it was really yeah, late. Yeah, it, it was, was really, really late. Really late. Um, 
you know, and but I guess for for those in Mexico, we're able to watch it via a stream. I think like Coca Cola or somebody like that streamed it for those to for, for those there to watch it. Um, and I heard a quick clip from somebody that re, um, recorded the stream, and that the well, only takeaway I had from it was Mexico a crowd was really into it. They were um, singing along and doing some some chants. It seemed like uh, they were having a good time during the show. Another place that, like we said, they obviously never played before, but another place that has a lot of lot more fans than you would think. I've run into a couple of uh, Mexican national fans um, in shows in Florida that came over. I met them uh, a few years back that said, yeah, there's actually people that, that like DMB around there, and they, they jammed to it, and they flew over to um, to West Palm for some shows. So people you know, have to travel, obviously, but, um, but yeah, there's more fans than, than you would think. There's more DMB fans everywhere than you would think believe it or not yeah definitely all over what's interesting about that show is there was not an encore on the set list which um i don't know if that's just a makeup of how the festival was being run and they weren't allowed but they ended up they ended up doing one they ended up adding gray street i think at the end um which i wonder if that's also a culture thing i mean maybe encores and mexican shows aren't typically you know performed find that hard to believe yeah i mean maybe you're right i'm just saying you, you never know right yeah is that like taking your shoes off before you walk inside i was or just gonna just say that you know shaking hands and stuff like that some some cultures oddly enough wash their hands after going to the bathroom you can talk about weird <laughs> when you're done when you when you finish your set walk off the stage and do not come back we I do think, not want to hear any more songs from you i think that was a michael scott special i'm not going to take credit for that joke but we also have um, two Dave and Tim shows. They both, uh, two of them played in Oaktown um, way back in January. But they look like good sets, and they seem well received on uh, the show flow as well. Well, the the night one was a little sketchy. Um, it wasn't the uh, sharpest tool in the shed, or as my grandfather used to say, the sharpest knife per, in the oven. Per but, per what but metric? He, Per I listened to it and it was okay. really really rough. Okay. Um, but night night two was very very good. Dave was very playful, very talkative. It was actually a really fun show. If you're just kind of sitting around and want to kind of chill for a couple hours or so, download that show and give it a listen. It's really a fun show. Uh, two encores, right? I believe so. At least two. At least one. I know that. <laughs> well, was it in Mexico? No, it was in, it's actually you have to go up north even more. So America's one encore, Canada's two, Mexico's none. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> I, again, I think that's racist. I'm just, oh, <laughs> boy. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. But man, those, 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 those shows seem like forever ago. Um, been, been a long time. and um, But it was good to have something on the radar keep us... Keep us uh, been entertaining going on in the DMB world well, um, until the summer tour starts. Well, to that point, we've got a couple of uh, new music, and I wouldn't say developments, but uh, Stefan's talking about doing some original music. What's what's that about, Joe? Well, I think, um, yeah, he mentioned, well, uh, as you know, he's got that band, um, his winter band, Yukon Cornelius, um, that he's you know teamed up with a bunch of other people from... You know, Barry and her good ladies, and Guster, and um, and everywhere else. Their um, naked ladies, yeah. Guster, and <laughs> that guy from naked ladies. ladies. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the guy from American Pie plays the uh, what do you call it? Cowbell. 
He plays yeah. the cowboy. Yeah, but they all just use it as an excuse to go skiing together, uh, and they end up usually playing a couple tour date, a couple they, dates in the winter. Do they lose any CDs of sessions while they're skiing as well? Oh wow! Oh, uh, <laughs> we still don't know if it was him. We have no proof it was him. So oh, they they Fine. they did the same this year. Did a tour. Did a did a impromptu. I think it was impromptu show, or maybe a little bit planned. Um, but um, one of the tweets that Stefan sent out afterwards was, hey, you know what? Got a new member, um, Katie Tunzel, and we are going to start making some original material. And I don't I think we may even said going to jump into a studio to record it maybe even too. So um, interesting little side project. Um, I, I think we've heard maybe that once before when it comes to UConn, but we'll see what comes with it maybe Maybe some new music from UConn. I, I think Tunstall's a huge get. Uh, we were talking about it before we got recording here, but uh, Black Horse and Cherry Tree was a, a monster, monster single. So, I mean, it's not like you don't hear much about her anymore, but it's, it's certainly not like she's been obscure her entire career. She's had a pretty, pretty massive hit with that one song, at least. And they're a lot of fun, UConn. I mean, they, they put on a good show. It's, it's very entertaining. There's actually a couple of videos on YouTube about them, too. There's a couple of shows that are recorded. It's just fun. It's Well, you know, obviously they're going to do their own material, but it's different. But, you know, it's a lot of cover songs that you know. It's just a good time. And then Dee Snyder comes out from Twisted Sister and does that. I remember a couple of years ago they did actually did Halloween, um, which was fun. Boyd guested on a show once. It's, it's just a good time. Yep. We'll see where it goes. But um, probably before we hear that, could we hear some DMB material, new material from the studio before UConn? That is the question. I think, um, you know, a couple people are putting things together um, after Mexico here. Um, Rashawn's in a studio and Coffin's uh, in Seattle. Um, Stefan's been in Seattle a lot. Hmm, I don't know. I'm they... in Seattle. You're in Seattle. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Could they be in the Could studio? Could a band be recording music? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and if they record well, music, could it be published? Well, we know that the album's coming out for sure because DMB told us they were going to do one. And, and every time they've announced they're going to have an album and they go in the studio, I mean, there's been something like every time so we know that that's just a mortal lock they've always been on we time can, we too can, yes, it's schedule yes yeah, always on schedule exactly so i mean at this point i realize everybody gets excited about it and everything like that but really until they announce the name of the album even even then i might not even believe it i've been you know burned too many times to even get remotely excited by it you know what to, to your point about getting excited about it i almost wish that I knew nothing about a new studio album before it came. I would, I would love to be surprised. The band comes out tomorrow and says, new album drops. I know the economics of it all in terms of marketing and ramp up wouldn't allow for such a thing, but... but they pull up Beyonce. Beyonce just did yeah, that well, last year. I mean, the band's no Beyonce, okay? Let's let's not get ourselves mixed up. <laughs> Thank God. But, but, but I mean, uh, I think with the current... You know the internet, and and that's the root of everything that we're that we do here. But it, it's such a hype train when it comes to a new album, and there's speculation, and there's leaks, and there's garden hose, and and everything else with these rumors. And inevitably, 
there's always a letdown, it seems like, when these albums come out, where if there were zero speculation because we just didn't know it was coming until it came out, um, I think that'd be a fresh take on things. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's wishful thinking and it probably wouldn't, won't happen, but I don't know. Like you like you said, Joe, other artists have done it. It wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I don't know. We I've, we've debated this before. Um, going back to do, if if do you want to hear any of those songs <laughs> this tour if they were played? You know, if if they have some new material, do you want them to get road tested and That's worked not what I'm out? Talking about though. But it, true, I know it's not what you're talking about. But it, in the same way, it has to do with being surprised or or not being right, surprised. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, but um, I'm indifferent, you know. Um, I like I like the build up. Um, I think it gets me excited for it. And um, yeah, I think I I'd miss the build up if all of a sudden, like really tomorrow, we all woke up and I got an iTunes notification that there's a new DMB album to download. I'd be like. Uh, holy crap, where'd this come from? Well, that'd be rude. I have stuff in my calendar already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm too busy. Think back, uh, to, uh, think back to 2009, um, the, uh, the big whiskey buildup. You know, they, they did the little video of the Canadians listening to the beginning of Shake Me in the studio. The cover? They had the a cover art? Yeah, the cover art. They had, um, actually, we, we went and listened to it early and, and hyped it up. I mean, there was a lot of build up to that there was the tour i mean that was really highly highly anticipated i would that was that was fun that was a lot of fun you're right you're right back then i mean there was a lot of stuff going on contrast that to 2012 and 2012 actually almost felt like a, a secret album you know there was if if anything i think ants did more press than anybody on the thing I mean, it seemed like there was no word out there about it. I mean, still debuted at number one. I still think but... it was the terrified of overhyping the Lily White return. I, I think you're right. And, and you know, it's, it's a shame because I really, really, really like that album. I really think it's a good, good album. There's a lot of songs on there I like. And I still feel like it hasn't really resonated with fans completely. And I still think that, you know, people are still a little indifferent about some of the stuff. You know, even on in, in Ants Plus, I saw people talking about um, Broken Things the last couple of days. And Broken Things hasn't been played in over a year. Broken Things is a great song. Great song. So, yeah, wh wh why is that not being played? That's that's fantastic. I just wonder how but, much of it might have to do with Dave's voice. Um, you know he loves to do the falsetto stuff. And uh, not that that song's real falsetto, but the chorus has has the the pretty pretty high uh, vocal range. Right. I just wonder if that's got a lot to do with it. And yeah, if that's the case, you if wonder. That, if that's the case. It's never going to be a staple, no matter how much we whine. All right. Well, then be like Elton John and just do everything a, an octave lower. Yeah, Billy Joel does that. I saw him at the Carrier Dome a few years ago, and he he uh, he did um, Italian restaurant in a lower octave. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens. It's, it's, it's kind of natural. You know, and, and not everybody can be Tony Bennett and be 84 years old and still be able to, to sing four full octaves. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't I mean, know if that's the case or not, but I'm just saying there's, my point is there's ways around it, it you know, and, and, and they need to, I think that's part of the problem that we ran into, that, just to go back a little about 2014 that we were talking about, is there's so many songs that were not played in 2014 that people wanted to hear. And they're picking the wrong ponies to run in the race. There's things people want to hear. And that's going to be important for this tour coming up 
broken things might be one of them. Yeah. Well, in, in addition yeah. to the studio album that is uh, obviously underway in some shape or form, we've got... Um... And, and, and if I can interrupt, there's one thing you actually, Jake, you mentioned that really cemented it for me around a studio album, surprise or no surprise, was mentioning um, it debuting at number one. And right now, DMB has the streak of consecutive albums debuting at the number one spot on the Billboard they're chart. Tied, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, oh, did somebody tie them now? Metallica. No, no I think no, I, I think yeah. they passed Metallica. I think they yeah. have it number one now. Yeah, I think we passed Metallica. So, and that's an amazing, we? amazing stat. So, I, I, if anything, I gotta just wish that they don't release a album last minute and screw up that thing that they got going on. I would love them to put on an album to hype it. So we go to, um, that's so a they go point. to, and you guys are right. That seven. is a record off away from the world broke the tie. Yeah. So, I mean, that alone, I would hope, you know, it's such an impressive stat, um, that they wouldn't, um, I, you know, it's stupid to care about. I probably in another day would argue who cares about that thing. It's about the music, but, um, you know, right now I feel that would be a good reason to not, I mean, that puts, you, that puts you into a pretty elite company, though. No matter how you slice it, all bands who have been known to be classic or all-time greats, legendary, they've all released albums. So, I mean, it's the one common denominator that you can kind of gauge these bands by. And when you've got DMB and that kind of elite company, it's it's a it's a it's a feather in your cap for sure. It's, when, when, and when when albums really isn't even their thing either, right? The live shows their thing, but the if they can, even on the album side have something like seven consecutive number one debuts that's pretty and nobody else has done that it's pretty impressive absolutely and it's it's much more difficult to sell albums also nowadays oh yeah you look at the numbers i mean you know away from the world debuted at number one but the numbers sold were much less than even big whiskey we're not talking about eight hundred thousand sold we're talking more like a quarter million right exactly i mean just that's just the nature of the beast there's you know there's nothing you can do about it but still like you were saying just to debut at number one is impressive and just speaks to the scope of the band. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, they're, All no, those they're no Iggy Azalea, but uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just want me to say that again. I, I, mean, I want to hear you say it. This is this is the, this is the God's honest truth. As most of you know, I have kids, and my kids listen to garbage music. So I I knew who I knew the name Iggy Azalea, and I knew that she was a rap person. But until like January of, of 2015, I didn't know that she wasn't a parody act. I thought she was a joke. I thought she was essentially like Weird Al or LAFMO, just kind of making fun of the thing. I didn't know that she was actually trying to be serious. I'm I had no idea. I'm impressed with how how well and accurate LMFAO runs off. I would be like LAFOM. <laughs> like you, you have that one down. <laughs> Almost like it's it. on your iPod on, uh, on your favorites yeah. list. I, I'll tell you, I, I only know two songs about them. They may only have two songs, but I love them because they are, they get it. They realize that they are a complete joke and they just play it up. It is fantastic. You got to respect that. You I got to respect I, the self awareness. I, I absolutely, absolutely respect that. I would go see them in a heartbeat if they were playing anywhere near me just because you I respect that. I see you at that concert so bad. <laughs> what a scene. I only know that. T- I only know the two songs. They have, they probably just play those songs like five times, right? Each. Oh, the course. sexy and I know it. What was the other one? The uh, party rock. I don't even know oh, that one. No so way. There's more than I know. 
Party, you don't know Party Rock? You're down there in Boy the Band Central. I don't, night? I don't hold it against you. <laughs> they're, they're out from. Isn't one of the guys like related to Barry Gordy or something? Jake, you tell or me. Am I just making this stuff? <laughs> you're, you're part of their fan club. You tell us. <laughs> hey, Jake, do you get screwed out of seats uh, from new members I, in that fan club? <laughs> a, a really, really quick side story. A friend of mine was flying from Las Vegas to L.A. This is like eight years ago. And he gets on the plane, and the guy sitting next to him has just this gigantic afro. He's wearing this shirt with all these different colors and everything like that. And he looks at me and says, okay, you're either in a band or you're a drug dealer or something like that. And he's like, oh, no, I'm in a band. We just got to play. We played a show, and I'm flying back to L.A. And he's like, oh, what's the name of your band? He's like, it's LAFMO. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I remember him texting me and said, you have to find this band because I just found them on YouTube, and they're hilarious. So, like, before they were even anything, I remember watching a video from them years and years before. I did a who and it's is, always kind of stuck in my mind. I did a who is look up on sexy and I know it.org and Jake is indeed the owner. Yep. Are yep. you starting? <laughs> he just he just told us the story about the first day he joined their fan club. <laughs> exactly. I was like that's it. This is the greatest. Yeah, that's why I know their names so well. It's it's the guy with the big hair and the other guy. So says you. Well, okay. So Non sequitur, but I got to get the hell off that topic. And we got to go back. Bring it, bring it back here. <laughs> Speaking of releases, albums, whatnot, two things. We got the warehouse disc this year for, for memberships. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jake, you are always on the pulse of these things. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, this one's kind of um, a kind of chill. It's kind of interesting. There's um, acoustic songs on there from last year. And there's actually something that, that as far as I know, they haven't done before, but there's actually Dave and Tim songs with Stefan actually guesting. Stefan's actually appeared at two or three, uh, Dave and Tim shows along the way. And there's two songs that Stefan plays on with Dave and Tim on the, uh, warehouse disc. There's Jimmy thing. Um, which is of course is Matt's favorite, but this is actually acoustic, which he likes. And then it goes into the, what will become of me, which everybody likes. And the other one is Let You Down. And this is actually the second Let You Down that's appeared on a warehouse desk. So those are kind of nice. And Let You Down with Stefan is actually really good. So those those are really good. It's um, There's a couple other acoustic songs. Um, I think uh, Pay For What You Get is on there. Um, the uh, What's the Stolen Away thing is on there, which actually wasn't bad last year. I mean, in all honesty, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It was an improvement from what it was. So that's nice. So it's good. Dive in on there. Always like dive in. I got Especially the first one dive. ever at uh, Saratoga. That might be the one that's on the disc. Um, in fact, I think it is. I think it is the very first one is on there, which is great. That's actually, guts. I mean, that's Boyd gutsy is, too, if you ask me. Yeah, Boyd is great on that one. That is really a really really good um, uh, dive in. And there's a couple other cool ones um, that maybe people might not realize. There's the Dancing Nancys from uh, 2009 in Hartford. That's the one that uh, people like to call evil Nancy's, but it's actually um, the outro is actually the song too high from the uh, Dave soul album. Some devil, the amazing one of the Dave songs Solo on album. that. Yes. Well, too high, which you might remember um, was a great song. And they actually play that in the outro of dancing Nancy's. It's, it's really powerful and, and driving. It's, it's, it's really, really good. And there's another one that might seem a little random, but it's um, say goodbye from uh also from Hartford in 1998 and say goodbye in 1998 was so good. It was just, it just the best year for that song it really was. 
and just Boyd's great on it and Roy's fantastic on it. It's, it's a really, really good version. So I'm glad that they um, went in that direction too. And they took um, a great year for Say Goodbye. Some songs are really good in certain years. And I think that we'll look back in 2014 and we'll, we'll go, wow, that Minarets was really good that year. I think you can do that with, um, with Say Goodbye in, uh, in 1998. So That's it should be good. Point. That'll be uh, come, you know, and, and everyone will never get their discs on time and people will complain on the <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say, hey. so you said you have yours then. <laughs> I have two actually. No, no, I didn't get, I didn't get it this year. Now, this year's hasn't shipped yet, but last year I got two. I'm so sure it makes up zero, for a right? transgression. Yeah, I didn't. I never got mine until like the very end of the year after um, having to go in search of it. But I did eventually get it. That's well, hilarious. and uh, do we have any um, live tracks releases uh, lined up this year? Well, actually, there, a um, a DMB live um, is not officially announced yet, but uh, apparently the um, artwork leaked. You know, there's there's people that that have nothing better to do but run programs to, to know when the site gets. Um, updated with the official site gets updated so somebody found the artwork for a uh, dmb live show it should be out uh, if you're listening to this reasonably close to uh when we're recording it it'll probably be out now or darn near close to now um it's actually from uh april the 5th 1995 and that is actually a full band acoustic show from new york city so it's kind of interesting after playing the acoustic stuff last year. Now you got a full band acoustic show. And of note in this, it's the very first um, What Will Become of Me with lyrics. Dave actually singing it in the outro from Jimmy Thing. And also the very first number 40, which is hmm. nice. Uh, is so that the, you've is got that the same night as um, the Duke 41. No, that's the next night. Next night. So there's actually back-to-back shows now on DMB Live, um, the debut of number 40 and then the debut of number 41. Yeah, 41 Police is like one of my favorite odd versions of, of any song they've ever done. It really is great. I, I really love that that DMB Live. That's that's a really fun show. Um, that's a great little jam, too. It's just so interesting to hear. You know, you can hear it's 41. It's uh-huh. so weird. You know, and you're so used to kind of singing along with it. It's just, you know, the, obviously there's no lyrics really set to it. Dave's just kind of winging it. Yeah, that, it's, it's a great show. There are not many songs in their catalog where you can actually listen to very literal development of a song. And that's one of them because that recording gives an awful lot of insight into where they, where they started with that song. Yeah, the um, the the DMB live coming out, the, the acoustic show from New York, it was actually sort of like a private show. Um, from a from a radio station so the crowd isn't very big but somebody did manage to tape it unfortunately because it was a smaller venue and they taped it on on sort of like a like a handheld tape recorder um the sound really isn't that great so it's hard to kind of listen to it to figure out what you're getting into um because the crowd's so loud but you can hear within that recording that there's some really good performances on it. So I'm actually really excited to hear what it's going to sound like nice and clean on a two set, on a two track recording like they do for DMB live. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want a little sidebar, Jake, are you on a new microphone computer phone right now? I am on my telephone right now. Is it a new Is that phone? Okay. Uh, and no, but I did reset my phone. You, you sound, what? you sound better than I'm sure everybody else is probably thanking their ears as well. 
you sound as as good as you ever have on here. I want to just point that what? out right now, and I appreciate it, and I'm, th- I'm sure all the listeners do as well. Yeah, it totally does. It, like, it sounds like you are no longer like making out with that guy that lives on the street while you're trying to talk at the same time, That's like right. in, un, un, in a tunnel. That's so right. like, uh, it's uh, refreshing. Well, don't judge I actually me for didn't that, think it was you. Number one. I mean, everything about, you're saying is about, is about. Do I sound better? Is this okay? Does it sound good? Everything you're saying is a load of hooey, but at least it's coming through in quality. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the important part. Well, you know, everything I do, I, I do for you. So I know. I know. Brian Adams. <laughs> um, well, that's going to do it for episode 46. Uh, Joe, you got anything to add? I think I might have cut you off there. No, no, all good. I'm I'm excited for the next one that we will do in six months. Uh, no, we're gonna we're definitely gonna do one before um before the tour kicks off at the beginning of May. If we don't, I'll give you Joe's phone number at the uh and the posting of this podcast so you can call him to to deal with it. But but that's gonna do it for this episode. We're gonna wrap it up. Um, we'll get another one out before the tour starts, and then we're gonna hope to do uh, very similar to what we did last year, some kind of semi regular. Jake, you got anything to add before we uh, close it out? No, uh, other than uh, keep an eye out, too, because I believe that there's going to be some uh, uh, DMB uh, uh, live tracks coming out soon. So I, I know if you're on Ants Plus, you've heard this soon before, but um, it should be coming uh, within the end of March, early April. So keep an eye out for that, too. It just seems like it seems like there's one kind of do around that time. There was one released around that time last year. So just kind of keep an eye out for that. Very nice. Well, I uh, all I have to add is go Sounders, go Arsenal. Go Gunners. Oh, what's the uh, Orlando team? What are they called? Oh, Orlando City. Yeah. yeah. Go um, Lions. That's what they are. Yeah, go Lions. There you go. We, we know you're a new fan of them. You, can, you don't need to hide it. We, we, we saw you tweeting about I, it. So I did. I watched I watched the uh, the first game. It was very, very, very exciting. When they kicked that ball that one time out of bounds, that was, oh my God, I was like, holy cow, I can't believe they just did that. And then that one time when the guy was running down and he fell down on the ground and rolled around, I was like, oh my God. I really wish just like international off stuff. here. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Ants Marching Dead Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be back shortly with another episode. But we hope you all have a good rest of your day. Take care. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB.